everyone. My name is Maria Thomas, and I work for Allianz Research, the global team of economists, strategists, sector advisors, and foresight experts of the Allianz Group, led by Ludovic Subron. Welcome to Tomorrow, a podcast where we'll be talking about our latest analyses of economic and capital market developments, as well as our views on trends affecting risk management. Let's get started. For the 2023 edition of the Allianz Trade Global Survey, we decided to check the pulse of nearly 3,000 companies in seven countries. In this episode, we dive into the results with Anna Boata, Head of Economic Research at Allianz Trade, and Anu Kuanad, Head of Corporate Research. Hello, Anna and Anu. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Maria. Hi, Maria. Thanks for having us. So for this year's edition of the Allianz Trade Global Survey, you asked nearly 3,000 companies in seven countries about their expectations for global trade in 2023. Can you tell us what were the most striking results? Yeah, sure. I think it's it's all about testing the resilience, right? Probably a bit of uh, uh, high pessimism since the energy crisis last autumn. And we actually see that companies uh, show uh, some resilience. And, and we actually see quite a high share of exporters that expect an increase in their turnover in 2023. We do talk about 70% of them. It's lower than last year when it was above 80%, but it's still quite, quite uh, a, a nice number. And actually, when we, when we look into what does it mean in terms of the value of that export increase, we understand that indeed, companies are heading towards a new normal in terms of volume and uh, and price effects. Uh, why do I say that? It's because half of them expect turnover growth between 2 and 5% in 2023. So clearly that's three times less than what it used to be over the past two years. And we do also have between 15 and 20% of companies that expect a decrease uh, in turnover growth, uh, and some of them uh, even a strong one above above ten percent, but that's clearly uh, a low a low minority. Now, of course, countries where the energy crisis was was much stronger are also the one to be the least optimistic, like Germany, like Italy, like the UK. And we also see that because we live in a world where interest rates are higher, financing financing constraints are are stronger, we also see that the strategy uh, when it comes to export has changed. And a lot of uh, the exporters are uh, intending to invest more on existing markets, 63%, rather than going out for new export markets, where we see that 40%, around 40% of them would, would encourage this strategy. And it's clearly... Even more striking if we look at the country differences with the U.S. being the less outgoing, if we can call it like that, only 39% of U.S. companies would invest in new markets. And that's, of course, not only the uh, rise in political risk, uh, protectionism, but also the overall uh, low growth uh, in global trade. If you think about our own forecasts, we barely see growth in volume in 2023, less than 1%. And clearly, uh, negative value effects after quite quite strong nominal effects over the past two years. Now, in our insolvency report, we pointed out insolvency risks are on the rise. Do you find that companies are worried about this too? Yes, absolutely. Uh, when uh, we ask corporates about their uh, expectations in terms of length of payments and also risk of non-payments, uh, we are seeing that those are, are clearly on the rise. About 40% of corporates 
are expecting uh, an increase in terms of non-payment risk. Um, this share uh, almost goes to 50% in countries like the US or or even Germany. Uh, and so clearly uh, there is a sense that uh, risk of non-payment is back. Uh, and uh, these numbers are, are quite uh, higher than uh, what we saw early 2022 uh, before uh, the war in Ukraine. So uh, I would say that uh, corporates are more and more concerned about the counterparty risk. And uh, in an environment where uh, at Alliance Trade, we're also expecting a pickup in global insolvency of about 20% in 23, uh, we feel that uh, it's a warranted uh, feeling from uh, from corporates. What are some of the other challenges that they highlighted? So there, there were, of course, uh, a number of risks that the exporters highlighted for this year's edition. And, and on top of them, uh, transportation risks, transportation costs, uh, political risk, uh, but also financing risk. Uh, so clearly, the, the topic of supply chains come back uh, in an environment where since the beginning of the year, we do see a normalization ongoing. When we think about the transportation cost, waiting times, we are almost back to pre-pandemic levels. Uh, but still, it is it is uh, a risk uh, that companies take more and more into consideration when planning. Uh, and actually, we we were very curious to see what companies managed to implement after the COVID crisis in terms of uh, reshoring, in terms of changing suppliers, and and clearly mitigating risk and gaining more resilience in case of a future crisis. And I must admit, we were quite disappointed because we were expecting a larger share of companies to having operating, operated such kind of important changes of their supply chains. Of course, they have all uh, pursued significant works of identifying the suppliers and, and trying to understand where the risks uh, lie, but uh, only 25% of them really relocated uh, production or uh, or changed suppliers in order to reduce the risks. And clearly that's that's striking because there were uh, around 60% of them back in 2020 to claim that they would change uh, supply the, their supply chains. Now, of course, uh, if we think about uh, the idea of relocation and the homecoming, uh, it's interesting also to, to see that in the end, the public policy measures are making the difference. And in the end, if we look at those companies that are planning to implement even more relocation, we do talk about the US with 40% of them wanting to change, to, to, to uh, get back uh, production uh, at home, uh, 30% in France, but only 25% in, in the UK or Italy. So clearly, the type of public policies that are implemented are making the difference uh, to to make the homecoming uh, even even more attractive. Um, yeah, so clearly I, I would say that as a bottom line, in the end, uh, the, there's no deglobalization operating or not a strong one. Uh, and clearly, uh, whenever we talk about relocation uh, and shorter supply chains, actually is, is, more, is more talk than, than walk. Are they also worried about rising interest rates? Definitely, uh, the rise of interest rate has been putting some pressure on corporates. And on top of that, uh, considering the fact that um, in the US, uh, but it's also true in the UK or Italy, we are seeing that uh, firms' uh, excess cash reserve are depleting. 
this is uh, this is not uh, this is not surprising. Nevertheless, uh, bank loans are are still uh, the second source of financing that is uh, considered by uh, by the, the corporates that we that we surveyed. So they still rely on bank loans, but uh, they they feel that it's getting more expensive and uh, it could pose a risk for uh, financing their their operations. So what are they doing to cope? So one of the key risks for corporates um, f- uh, over the short run, but also uh, in the longer run, uh, is everything that is related to, to climate um, and ESG. Uh, so uh, the first thing, and that's quite reassuring, is that uh, more and more uh, corporates uh, are well aware about the risk and uh, the uh, the executive that we survey uh, have a rather very good idea or they know exactly uh, what their uh, corporates are doing so uh, over 80% of um, uh, of of the uh, of the executive that we surveyed know exactly uh, or have a very good idea of how much their firm is investing uh, to 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 tackle ESG challenges uh, but uh, so far uh, i would say the main coping mechanism has been to uh, increase uh, ESG compliance standards for uh, for their suppliers or selecting their supplier based on harsher uh, ESG uh, compliance measure uh, the i would say the, uh, the the mechanism to adjust their own practices and own processes uh, is not yet at the top of the list. So, uh, so far, uh, firms are rather uh, aiming for uh, the low-hanging fruits in order to uh, to address this ESG risk. And what do exporters wish for when it comes to government support? Well, it's there's a good news uh, is that they are relying less on wider or wide, let's say, state support uh, after a couple of years of them being used to to a lot of liquidity and and, and tax measures. So that's that's uh, that's interesting to see that uh, that co- corporates are becoming uh, more realistic. Uh, but then, of course, uh, they still want some financing support from governments in terms of export credit agencies, development banks, grants. So everything that could support their export development, especially in the riskier export markets. And then, very interestingly, what comes up uh, on on the wish list uh, is clearly the upskilling or reskilling, and that's something new. Uh, clearly, it comes in an environment where we have been operating into a strong, into a tight labor market, and labor shortages still prevail. And clearly, that's that's one of the the key actions of some of the European governments already ongoing and, and bearing fruit. But we have seen that across the board uh, for the exporters in the, in the sample that we, uh, we surveyed. And then the third uh, item on the, on the wish list, of course, the lower regulation. But hey, you would not be surprised uh, for, for that answer, I would expect. Thank you very much. Thank you, Maria. Thank you very much, Maria. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the full report we just spoke about on our website. We'll leave a link in the show notes. If you'd like to discover more of our research, you can also follow the Ludonomics newsletter on LinkedIn. We'll leave a link down below for that too. If you like the podcast, please send it to any of your friends who might like it too, and leave us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. In the meantime, stay tuned for the next episode.